This episode is dedicated to all of my peeps out there with ADHD. I'm Audacious Adri. I'm inching closer to my mid-30s and my knees couldn't agree more. I live in LA, my depression is cured, and I'm trying my hardest to find free parking. Let's navigate through our spiritual, physical, and mental health so we can live our best lives, yeah? All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Audacious Adri Show. I'm Adri, and this is the space where we come to have honest and open conversations about your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health, all right? Yeah, yeah, this is what we do here. And we have these open, honest conversations so that we can improve and we can live our best life ever. All right. Now the conversation continues on social media. You can follow me on IG at Audacious Adri Show. You can watch some of my videos, even though I've been taking a little bit of a hiatus from videos um, at Audacious Adri Show on YouTube. I've been tweeting a little bit, even though Elon Musk bought Twitter because he was getting bullied. Like we need to have a conversation about that at one point. You can follow me on Twitter at Audacious Adri. And if you are a person that likes extra credit, if you are a person that likes to go and do above and beyond what you're asked for, if you're a person that likes extra content and can't get enough, make sure you become a patron at patreon.com slash audacious Adri show. Now let's get into today's show. If you asked me what I did last week, honestly, not really much. I did meet a woman at a store called Ross, which is like better than Marshall's, better than TJ Maxx. Fight me on that. I met a woman um, at, at Ross and we had such a great conversation in Ross. We ended up getting coffee together and we talked for three hours and it was such a great day. I will tell you guys that story another day, but that's pretty much all I did last week. So let's go directly into today's topic. Okay, like what I said in the beginning of the show is if you have ADHD, you're going to love this episode. And you're like, well, why would I love this episode if I have ADHD? Why would I love anything? (laughs) It's because this is going to be a mini episode, mini, 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 mini episode. I know I, if you know me, there's going to be a theme song. There's going to be a sing-songy element of it. Just, it is what it is, right? So today's going to be a mini episode and I'm holding myself to this, okay? This is not a joke. This is not no rundown. <laughs> this is the real deal. And we're going to talk very shortly about this topic because I want you to think about it. I want to plant the seed and I want you to go off and I want you to contemplate how you can incorporate this into your life. So we're going to talk about rest. We're going to talk about a Sabbath for those that speak Christianese. And I want to get into what that means and what that looks like and how that, how you can apply that to your life. Now, what is a Sabbath for those that don't speak Christianese? Sabbath is a day of rest. When God created the, the, the heavens and the earth in Genesis 1, in the Bible, the holy book, even he rested. Now that's a punchline oftentimes, that's a sermon, that's advice that your mother gives you or your auntie gives you, but it truly is so meaningful to me. I'm reading through the Bible right now, the whole Bible, not doing a good job at it, by the way. I think I started it like January, February. I'm now in the third book, which is Leviticus, which is probably the worst book of the Bible. Fight me on that. I, I struggled getting past the second part of Exodus when, spoiler alert, they made it out into the promise. They made it out. They didn't go to the promised land yet, but they made it out of Egypt. 
And God is giving them, giving Moses specific instruction on like how to build the the ark. And it's like, so, I'm, I I love God's perfect word, but it's so boring, y'all. So I'm, I'm doing a really bad job of reading through the Bible. And when I first started reading it from cover to cover in Genesis, it talks about how God created the heavens and the earth. And he took, he did it in, se- in seven days because he rested one day. All right. And I'm like, well, if God is God, ain't we supposed to do like we're human. We definitely need to take a rest. And I've really been thinking about that. And I've really been, especially after I was reading through Exodus Um, and in Exodus, when they make it out of the promised land, they don't have any food or they make it out of Egypt. They don't have any food. And they're like, God, what are we supposed to do about food? Well, they complained to Moses and Moses went to God because they were annoying, like how we are as humans. And God provided them with manna. Manna was this bread. It wasn't like technically a bread. It was like a cracker type of thing um, from heaven. And he told them to gather enough for the day. Don't save any. Gather as much as you need for the day, but don't save any because it's going to rot. And there were people that didn't listen, of course. and And it started to smell. And what God was showing the people through that, um, through the, through the manna is that God is going to give us provision for each day. We don't have to worry about what he's going to do tomorrow. He's going to give us enough for today. And there's a verse that says like, why worry about tomorrow when, when today brings enough troubles? You can look it up. I probably said it completely wrong, but you quote, you know, don't quote me on it. Um, and I think that definitely applies to rest in our culture in American culture. We're taught to, you know, the 40 hour work week. And then you, um, sometimes you want to, they, you know, no days off. And if you want to have the, the hot, the picket fence and the big house and the 2.3 children and the nice new car and the brand new clothes and the latest iPhone, and you got to have the latest this, and you got to have an Apple watch and you need to make sure that you have eyelash extensions. And then you got to make sure that you have brand new nails. You got to make sure you have brand new Nikes. You got to make sure that you have all of these things that society tells us that we're, that, that makes us happy. But how are you going to get those things? And a lot in a lot of our states and a lot of our um, experience levels, or if we don't come from a background of wealth, we try to figure out how to make it so that we can have the things that society tells us that A, wealthy people have, B, that other people have on social media, and C, that marketing tells us these things that will make us happy and these things will make us fit in. And what I've come to know is that, like, honestly, you don't... the car. Listen, the car doesn't make you, you make the car. The clothes don't make you, you make the clothes, okay? There's a scripture in, oh my gosh, it might be Corinthians. It's it's um, it's Paul speaking, I believe. And he says, I have learned how to abound with nothing and I've learned how to abound with with." with everything. And he's basically saying like, I know how to, how to live with a lot and I know how to live with nothing. But at the end of the day, at the beginning of the day, I had that part. Um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Right. And this is a journey that I'm on. I'm out here in LA. I'm, I'm in a very wealthy area. I mean, honestly, most of Los Angeles, even though Los Angeles is such a very large area, um, it's a very big surface area. I'm learning that like these folks, like I see BMWs, Porsches, Teslas. I mean, you know, Teslas aren't that expensive, but it's a, it's like marketed as a luxury car, right? All these different expensive, beautiful cars everywhere I go. 
and I see these million dollar homes and I hear people talking about, oh, we're going to Fiji. We're going to this place. We're going on this vacation for a month. And oh, my nanny's doing this. And oh, I need to get my extensions put in and I need to get, I'm getting a facelift. And just you, people talk about these things so frivolously. I hear often at work, right? Yeah. I hear these folks that have a lot of money at work say, Oh, they just compare. Oh, you're going to Fiji? Well, I'm going to Italy. Oh, you're going to Italy? Well, I'm going to Romania. You're going to this place? Well, I'm going to that place. Like people kind of do that thing, you know? It's like keeping up with the Joneses. And, or for some, keeping up with the Kardashians. <laughs> Please, like, I, I don't even know why I said that because I don't even like saying that name on here. But like it, keeping up with what we see other people have and trying to outdo each other. And what we end up doing is we end up working more hours and we take on another job and we don't have a nap when we need to have a nap. We don't say no when we need to say no. We don't take the time with our family that we need. And instead of doing the things that are priceless and having the moments with our family that we can't have back and having this time to rest and recharge our bodies, we pile on more because we have to do this and we need to get this and our kids need that. And I'm not saying don't provide for yourself or for your family. I'm saying, do we ever take a minute to say, wait, do I need a brand new car? Do I need a brand new pair of shoes? Do I need to go and buy brand new things? Are there ways around us spending our time? It's not our money. It's our time. Can we spend our time wisely? The the word talks so much. God, you know, Jesus talked more about money than he did about heaven and hell. Read the gospel and you'll see. And he talks about being a good steward of our time, talents, and our treasure. How are we stewarding? It's not, it's not, so, so if you say, you know, you want to get a new bag, right? And let's just say you want to get, I'm just, I literally don't know how much these things cost. Say you want to get like a new long champ bag. And I'm, I'm guessing a long champ bag is like $500. It's probably so off. Maybe like $350. Three, let's just say $400, okay? Say a long champ bag is $400, okay? And say you make $40 an hour, Okay, so you got to technically work 10 hours at work to make to buy one bag. And technically that's not really it because if you take out taxes, you take out social security and you you kind of you subtract, you're probably going to be working more depending on which state. If you live in California, you're basically working like probably 16, 17 hours for that full $40, you know, instead of the 10. But you got to, it's not that, that purse is not $400. It's 10 hours of your work day. So when we, I'm not saying don't buy nice things. I just bought a designer bag literally two days ago, three days ago. What I'm saying is we, we have to start being more intentional about how we spend our time. So say you want to buy a long champ bag and that's 10 extra hours at work. And, you know, you're you're due for overtime and you spend that, you know, that 10 extra hours, but your kids have soccer games, your kids have a recital, your kids are not doing well in school and they need help. You're like, no, 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 I need to buy this thing. So I'm going to work the extra hours. Okay. And if you're single, you're exhausted. You need to go to sleep. You need to take a nap. Or you need to go spend time with a friend because we need to be in community. But you're like, you know, no, 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 no. I need to get this. I need to have 
my eyelash extensions. I need to buy a new car, even though my car works perfectly fine. We need, I just think, I'm not saying don't buy things that you love. I'm saying, do we take a moment to calculate the time that we're spending versus the money that we're spending to, 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 to accumulate things in our lives? Now, this is not a personal attack, and I don't want you to think that I'm attacking anybody that listens on here. Trust me, because I have to have these conversations with myself, but it just sparked an, uh, a, a conversation, an internal conversation, as well as a dialogue online. And I saw a tweet by Rich Villodas, and it says, Sabbath keeping at its core is a profession of faith. In observing it, we confess, I am not what I do. I am not what the world, I, I'm sorry, I'm reading this so dumb. In observing it, we confess I am not what I do. The world will not stop if I cease from my work and Christ is holding all things together. Now that tweet really just screwed me all week. It screwed my head up all week. I was like, what do we even say? What do we even do with this information? And I think a lot of the times in our lives, we we equate who we are with what we have and what we do. There's been times in my life, I mean, there's times I'm fighting it now. Instead of saying, oh, I work for da 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 What do we ask when we meet somebody? What do you do? There's been times in my life, even, okay, let's talk about when I was cleaning houses. I had my own cleaning business. It was successful, but it was so hard for me to tell people, yeah, I, am a, I, I clean houses. I was making like double what I was making at my day job. But I would tell people, oh, I work for so-and-so salon because that salon was deemed more prestigious. I was really making a difference in cleaning homes, but I didn't want to often tell, even though I own the joint, I felt kind of weird about telling people that I was a home cleaner because it didn't sound like what I want people to perceive me as, right? And even sometimes I would tell people that I would clean home. I would say, well, I work at so-and-so salon and I clean homes. And they would say, oh, like people would respond the way that they respond. Just because I clean toilets doesn't mean that I'm not a good person or doesn't mean that I'm less than another person. I had to remind myself that. And I think it's so important that we remind ourselves who we are specifically through God's word. And God, God's word tells us that we are more than conquerors. God's word tells us that we are royalty, that we are chosen people or royal priesthood. And I think of the royalty thing, not as like, oh, I'm more important than somebody and I've said this before on here, but I want to reiterate it because it really is just, it's very meaningful to me. And I hope it blesses you. Think about the royal family in England. They have a responsibility. They have a lot of privilege as royals, but they have responsibility. So as a royal priesthood, royal priest that God has re- as redeemed, God has ordained, God has chosen, we have a responsibility. And just because God has placed us in a job that may not be glamorous or a job that people may not respect, does it not take away who you are? Just like if God grants you a really important position or God um, God gives you notoriety or God makes you a leader or even God makes you famous and you become a celebrity, that doesn't mean that you're better than anybody. Just like when you're cleaning toilets, it doesn't mean that you're lower than anybody. And I think that it's important that to keep, to keep us um, level-headed, to keep us humble, we have to remind ourselves that we are servants. We are royalty, but we are servants. At the, at the end of the day, we are servants of the Most High God. And I feel like if we have that attitude attitude of gratitude, that attitude of servanthood, it would eliminate a lot of pride. It would eliminate a lot of looking down on people. It would eliminate a lot of us looking down on ourselves. 
I was a person who struggled with with low self esteem and 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 low self image, and I had to remind myself. I have to remind myself every single day. I do affirmations. I pray God's word back to Himself to remind myself what God says about me. There's a prayer that I pray that says, "I see myself as God, how God sees me." And and it, when I when I look at myself that way, it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter what job I have or what school I go to or what church I go to or where I live. At the end of the day and at the beginning of the day, I'm reminding myself that I am a daughter of the Most High God, and that is all that matters. So no matter what I do, I'm I'm still. It doesn't change who I am. So taking that day off and taking that day of rest, you're you're affirming that I am a royal. I am every, it is good like my I'm pro, I'm provided for. God has already provided for me. I don't need to pick up an extra shift because God has provided for me. I'm not saying don't pay your bills, but sometimes maybe it you may need to be a better steward of your finances. It may just be we might need to say no to something else so that we can have rest. Like I think about people, I've met couples and it's always Christians that um exemplify this and I always like until I fully understood the word, until I fully understood God, I never understood. Like Christians are freaking nuts, man. Why do they do this? They just go without for no reason. But I've met Christian couples that like they had one car. They could fully afford two cars. They had one car and one parent stayed home from work. And I'm like, why would you do that when you could have more money and you could have another car? But they were like, well, if essentially if the mom went to work all of the entire salary would go to daycare so why would we put our kids in daycare when we can just go without the other salary and stay home with our kids and they're like why would we need two cars that would require us to work more and and have less time away from each other we're perfectly fine with one car it's a sacrifice it's a struggle at times but with planning and with um just with planning and with making things work, we figure it out. And I'm like, why would you want to do that? But because our culture says, no, you need to have two cars. You need to both be working. You need to have new clothes instead of buying used. Your kids need to do this. They need to have that. That, that creates these, this cycle for us. And it's a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. It's a cycle that we kind of can't get out of. And it, and it, it creates tension and it creates, it creates a lot of pathologies a lot i've been reading um articles about how women going into the workforce is really hard and it's really stressful for women and how women have to juggle as a person who's juggling like three things right now i'm like i literally last night y'all i was like how the heck do moms do this i'm like how do moms do this how do moms go to work be a mom be a wife be a friend, be a leader. If they're a leader, how do they do this? I can barely juggle and I only keep up with myself. But society says that uh, that we have to have two working parents and we have to have a certain amount of money coming in so that we can have vacation home. We can have all these things. And I'm not saying that a vacation home isn't good because trust me, raising hand currently right now, I would love a vacation home. But we have to understand what is important and what is not important, right? All right, the second thing that he says was, it. Um, in observing our Sabbath, we confess that the world will not stop if we stop from our work. Has anybody ever had a boss? <laughs> this is triggering for me. Has anybody ever had or been a boss that couldn't leave 
that if they they felt like if they walked away from the office, the office would fall apart. I've been a boss like that before and I've had bosses like that. And you know what? It's a lot of anxiety if you're the person that is the boss. And it's a lot of anxiety if you are the person that has the boss. No matter what, it's anxiety. Like truly, unless you are a freaking brain surgeon, like it's okay. It's okay. You shouldn't be the only one who knows how to do your job. You should be built. We should be as as Christ followers and leaders. We should be training up and replicating ourselves. Replication. I learned that as a principal as in, in Christian leadership courses. When I was a leader in a church, I was I, I learned you should be we should be spotting leaders that spotting shining stars. Somebody called it a shining star. I can't think of who it was. Oh my gosh, it might have been Dr. Miles Monroe. It might have been him. And if I'm not quoting him correctly, Lord, please forgive me because I want to give the correct um the correct um credit. But he said we should we should be shine we should not be the shining stars as the leader. We should be able to find the shining stars and train them up so that they can fully be who they're they're supposed to be and we go be the shooting star. We go we go away and then they shine. And Dr. Miles Monroe has also said, um, if you're, you should be leaving a legacy behind you. If you're the only one, if, if, if the dream dies when you die, then that means that you weren't a good leader. That means that we should be showing our, you know, we should be training up people behind us, mentoring people, um, showing somebody at work how to do our job. Not only when we go on vacation. Oh, let me show you something. I mean, you know, use your judgment in these things. Don't, you know, don't show the intern how to freaking operate the heavy machinery and they haven't had any training. I'm just saying we should be mentoring people. And, and, and if we're in leadership, because this is a high level conversation, y'all, this is not just like for, for, for any, you know, Tom, Dick and Harry, this is high level leadership conversation. I want to let y'all understand that I have studied leadership and I have had held many leadership positions in my life. And what I have learned from them is that we, even though I failed in my own business, even though I have failed in my own business, I did have this heart of like wanting to train up a leader, but you know, fear was in the way of that. And I want to, like we talked about last week, if you struggle with fear, listen to last week's episode, FOMO No Mo, which is a freaking brilliant title. I'm so, I'm so proud of that title. <laughs> um, we, we, out of, out of fear, I, I didn't think that anybody could run my business as, as good as me. And here we are, you know, it, the, I, I think it's important that we begin to humble ourselves and we begin to really take the time to teach people um, and mentor people and show people the way and let not the dream die with us. So if you are a leader, make sure that you are replicating yourself. And if that person becomes better than you, please do not be afraid of that. Let them become better than you because they may see something that you may not see. They, hey, hey, wait a minute. Who's going to, if you get a promotion, who's going to fill fill in for you? If you want to continue to strive higher, you're going to eventually need to leave your position anyways, unless you want to stay in the same position for the rest of your life. This conversation is not for you then. But if you want to, if you want to elevate yourself and if you want to grow in, in a leadership or at, at your work, you're going to have to train up somebody and you're going to have to understand that the, the world isn't going to stop if you're not able to do the job. But if you're a smart person, you will have somebody that's a, that is your successor or is somebody that can look out for you and 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 carry a little bit of your burden. 
You know what I'm saying? And the last thing is Christ is holding things all together. I mean, that's it right there. That could, that ends the podcast. We can rest because God's, we're not even in control. If we're in control, it's pretty much a dumpster fire as it's happened in my life. Um, I'm pretty sure you experienced that in yours as well. Um, when we let go and let God, that's all, that's the, that's the provision. That's the manna. We don't have to save the manna because God is going to provide for us the next day. And, and with, I noticed that with this pandemic, a lot more people are calling into work because a lot of, if you were like me, you were like, I can't, I can't be sick because I need to go to work. What are you doing when you're not, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. What are we doing when we're not taking care? Our body is trying to tell us that it needs to rest. God always shows me this. He lets me get, he lets me get sick so that I can rest because I refuse to rest. I'm preaching to myself. He said, okay, since you're not going to listen to me, since you're not going to listen to your body, I'm going to completely take you out of the game. And then you're going to be forced to, and you're not going to like that. So why don't we just listen the first time? You know what I mean? And and I looked up the, the definition of rest, and I want to share it with you all. And I'll end on this. Um, the definition of rest is to cease work or movement in order to relax, refresh oneself, or recover strength. We, we rest because we need to relax. God has been speaking to me very loudly, just been telling me to relax. Just been telling in that Joe Budden voice, relax, that, that, that sound bite. He's been telling me to relax, been telling me to, why are you stressed? You have nothing to worry about. I am in control. There's so many scriptures that say fear not. And, and, and there's a scripture that says, um, what scripture is that? Worry about nothing, but pray about everything. It's just simple. It's simple. We relax, we refresh, and and we recover strength. When we go to sleep, our body is resting so that it can perform at its full capacity the next day. That's why a lot of the times when we're not sleeping, we are susceptible to disease and to illness because our body is not strong enough to fight off other, uh, fight off our threats. Think about that. When we're not resting, we're not fully present. We're not fully able to fight off, to deal with it. And think about how when you're tired, you're irritable. You know, you're not able to, if you're tired, you got an annoying coworker, you can't deal with them the way that you would need to deal with them because you're too tired. But if you are fully rested, you can deal with the, with the mental illness that they're struggling with, the undiagnosed mental illness. You know what I'm saying? It's so important that we rest so that we can refresh, we can recover strength, and we can relax. Now, this is one of my favorite, um, this is one of my favorite definitions right here. There Actually, there's two of them. I'm going to, this is another one. As a verb, it's, it means to allow to be inactive in order to regain strength, health, or energy. So allowing allowing ourselves to be inactive in order so that we can gain strength, health, or energy. It's allowing God to fill, uh, taking ourselves out of the game, putting our, benching ourselves so that God can fight. Can, so taking ourselves out of the game so God can play the game for us. Have you ever played sports? Have you ever played soccer or basketball or, or like I played field hockey there. Sometimes our, 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 our coach would take us out and put a sub in. So that sub can, so if you're, I was never a star athlete. I was a pretty decent athlete, but never a star athlete to where somebody had to take me out so that I can wrestle that, you know, so that another player could go. But I was often a sub where the star player needed to take five to 10 minutes so that they can rest. And I would do my bit but it was more just to fill the time you know what I'm saying but it's essentially 
God is taking us out and, and benching us so that he can, he's the star player. Okay. You're done over here. We are, we are like the, the rejects that play for five minutes. We're the rejects and God is the, is the star MVP that needs to, that will win the game for us. We need, and we, and we need to take a rest and sit so that, you know, when he needs us to go in, when he needs a rest, well, God never needs a rest. But when, you know, when it's time for us to go and be on the field and fight and, and be a part of it, that we're ready to go. And last but not least, I love this definition. It's to be placed or supported so as to stay in a specified position. I'll read that again. To rest is to be placed, excuse me, or supported so as to stay in a specified position. I love that. So when we are resting, we are being supported by God. We are not in our own strength. We are not punching at the at the air. We are we are resting. We are in a position where we can be supported. We are we are fully laying ourselves out so that God can support us and fully hold us in the palm of his hands and do what he needs to do and fight our battles for us and take care of us and 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 give, and give us provision. So I want to encourage you, where in your life are you elevating working and gaining and and your identity and uh and 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 in buying and spending and where are you not being a good steward of your time, your talent and your treasure? Where can you take a rest in your life and allow God to do what God God does in his life? Take a minute and think about that. And I want you to pray this prayer with me. And I want you to actively try your best to insert rest in your life. Let's pray. Father God, thank you that you are faithful and that you are true. Thank you, God, that you provided the blueprint for us when you rested after you created this beautiful earth and the beautiful heavens, Lord. Thank you that you are a God that provides for us. Thank you that your word says that you shall provide all of our needs. Thank you, God, that your word says that that when we call to you, you will answer. Thank you, God, that we don't have to worry about anything but pray about everything. And you are the God that will deliver it to us. Thank you, God, that resting and having a Sabbath is something that you have created for us so that we can draw near to you, that we don't have to suffer for seven days a week, that we do our five to six days of work and then you'll take care of the rest. Thank you, God, that you are a God that only requires us to to, to give a little bit and you make you multiply, you triple, you quadruple what we give to you. So God, when we take a, a percentage of our week and we give it to you in rest, you multiply it and bring us back stronger and, and wiser and, and ready for the next battle. And Lord, I pray that if anybody is struggling with resting and if anybody's struggling with taking their Sabbath and anybody is struggling with um, depending on you, Lord, that you will show them how faithful you are, that you will show them that you are a God that will provide, that you will show them that you will give us manna. And, and, I, and I thank you, God, that you have shown me through that tweet that I struggle with resting. And Lord, may I depend on you. May I be an example. Lord, show us how to be um, shooting stars and not shining stars. Allow us to identify the shining stars 
and allow us to build up those that may pre, uh, succeed us and build up those that we see something in, Lord. Allow us to do what is best for our family, for our finances, for our future. Lord, allow us to be good stewards of what you give us, Lord. Allow us not to be greedy, but to be givers and also to be smart and to be wise, Lord. Thank you, God, that you have given us so much and we pray that we will make you proud that you will see say well done my good and faithful servant teach us to to do as you have done lord show us the way thank you god that you sent your son for us and we just thank you and we love you in jesus name amen Okay, I think this is a little bit more than 30 minutes, but I want to say thank you so much for coming to this mini episode of the Audacious Adri Show. Please hit me up and, and share your feedback. And, and if you have any prayer requests or any questions, hit me up on social media at Audacious Adri Show. Um, you can send me an email, ask Adri at uh, ask Adri. Wait, oh my gosh, it's Adri at Audacious Adri Show. DM me, send me love, send me tweets. I pray for you guys. I love you guys. And I want to see us all grow and just be better. And resting is good for our mental, physical, and spiritual health. Tell, how, how would resting not be good for our spiritual health? Resting and trusting in God. How would resting not be good for our mental health? Taking a taking a, a break from the thinking and the ruminating and all the planning and all the things that we do. And and, and not for also for our physical, for our physical bodies, especially with with working out you're supposed to take a rest day so your muscles can take a rest so that they can do so that they can operate at their best when you go back into the gym rest is something that is going to positively affect all areas of your life and i want to know how try it out god says test me in these things try it out rest take a rest for a day be wise about you know the rest don't come to me don't don't no call no show at work and then come to me talk about i got fired don't do that Use wisdom. If you need help, pray about it. I thank you so much for coming to the Audacious Adri. Y'all better not come to me talking about I took a rest and my my boss got upset. Like, please be smart. Use your your mind. We have minds, y'all. God gave us brains. But thank you so much for coming to the Audacious, Audacious Adri show. I love you guys so much. And I'll talk to you soon.